This episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast is sponsored by SC Graphics. This company is incredible. They focus on creating, collaborating, and growing with every new project, including the actual Sensibly Cynical logo. My boy at Seth CGC hooked me up with this incredible logo. I am so excited to work with him going forward. But for now, make sure you check out his website, sccraphics.co. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name, of course, is Sean. Today's guest is Emma G. She is a singer, songwriter, artist, author, and transformational youth coach. She is incredible. She's out of the D.C. area by way of New Zealand. Incredible person, down-to-earth, hilarious. This was a fantastic um, interview via Zoom. She was nice enough to join me after one of her events. And here it is, my interview with Emma G. Okay, everybody. I am so excited to bring on tonight's guest. She is a singer, songwriter, author, and transformational youth coach, the great Emma G. What's going on? Yeah, so talk about how you got into the music industry. Dude, okay, so the music industry, oh gosh, I was born singing and dancing and playing drums, I swear to goodness. I was born with a health condition for hydrocephalus, which means I had my first brain surgery at the age of four months, and I've had 10 brain surgeries since, as well as 24 surgeries in total. So when you're a child, when you've experienced that much crap, uh, I realized pretty quickly that you know, I was always an outsider, and it was music that I turned to to help me find my voice and find my place in the world. And then the songwriting just came on. Like, Absolutely. I wrote my song when I was five years old, a song called School is Cool. Well, I mean... <laughs> and, but I, honestly, I, I, I wrote and recorded my first song at the age of ten, and that was a song about environmental awareness, about poverty, about social injustice, and... You know, making the world a better place through through action, positive action. So, yeah, music has always been my thing. And uh, so, where are you from originally? Originally from New Zealand, uh, okay. a small town called Redland, which is on the west coast of the North Island. And I've been living and breathing and doing my thing in, in DC since late 2015. We talked about the music. Now, was it hard to get connections? How did you get connections to you know put out stuff? Yeah, like we came over from New Zealand, and how was that transition? 
to the culture, the difference in culture, because the entirety of New Zealand is pretty standard when it comes to how we function as human beings. However, you travel from state to state here in the States, and everything is different. You know, mm-hmm. Wisconsin's very different to Iowa. Iowa's very different to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is very different to Atlanta. Right. Atlanta's very different to Nashville, so on and so forth. So getting acclimated culturally has been an, a fun experiment. Uh, I think the biggest thing when it came to building connections, however, was, you know, just leaning into the want to be as authentic as possible. And honestly, it was through street performance that I made a lot of my connections. Really? So talk about that experience. Well, I mean, when I moved here to D.C., I recognized how creative and also how divided the city is. And so, you know, you get these really interesting characters going to work at the State Department every day who were just, like, super miserable and didn't really know who they were or didn't really have any light in their lives type thing. So my entire job was to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and sing for these people on their way to work to try and give them a piece of hope, you know? piece of sunshine, a piece of happiness. Uh, and it was through that that I was put in touch with the Kennedy Center and did my first performance at the Kennedy Center and got the opportunity to perform the Fourth of July Parade and the uh, the Trey Blossom Festival Parade and, you know, tour the country several times. And then, you know, it was through street performance that I got commissioned to write my first song, which ended up on a film that was nominated for an Academy Award. Like, really? magical things happen when you are in alignment and trying to do your best to bring love to the world, you know? I hear you. I hear you. So how many, how many actual singles have you um, released? As a solo artist, gosh, I think I'm up to maybe 17, 18. Wow. And then you're part of, you're part of groups? No, I used to be part of a band back in New Zealand called Static Era. So that was, you know, six years ago. But <laughs> so, I mean, full up, I've released 26 singles. Wow, that's impressive. Now, what's uh, what's the one you're most proud of? Was there one that kind of was like, sticks out more than the other ones? I know that's a lot to, <laughs> a loaded question. I don't even know where I could begin with that. You go ahead, guys. So I think probably the first most impactful song that I've released was Superhero, which was written in Colorado after a conversation, a tattoo parlor, where I was getting a tattoo done. Uh, the conversation ended up talking about racial inequality in the States mm-hmm. and me being a black appearing person, not from this country right? and not black American. I'm, you know, Fijian, Iranian, Norwegian, American, Kiwi, uh, white American in fact. Uh, hmm. my, my experiences in this country have been very different. You know, I look at this as more of like a, a social studies piece living here, you know, in, in many ways. So as I'm, as I'm, having this conversation in Colorado, I ended up writing this song called Superhero, which is all about empowering everyday Americans like you and me to choose love and compassion over racism and bigotry. And the impact that song has had on my audience and on the country, believe it or not, has been incredible. So I think that'd be the most, one of the most that I've been proud of. (laughs) Okay, well, that's the, that's one of the many highlights of Emma G. I got it. (laughs) 
Talk about some other milestones like in your career. I know you said you have an extensive career. Is there anything else that you're like super stands out from what you've um, accomplished? personally but i i've heard like from people you know in the entertainment industry that dave's really like a chill guy very yeah super super sweet super like you know just one of the guys yeah who are your uh inspirations musically and inter- i guess in the entertainment in- industry overall so i grew up listening to a very broad range of music when i was you know when i was a child everything from miles davis through to iron maiden through to the spice girls through to Enya and enigma I think nowadays I can probably credit a lot of my flavor, a lot of my sound to the likes of Alanis Morissette, Pink, um, Natalie Merchant, a little bit of Metallica, Evanescence, uh, with a little bit of, you know, sassiness of Lady Gaga. I, I get some Lady Gaga vibes from you. You got, you have some extravagance to you that I, it just radiates through the Zoom call, Imogy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not a bad person to be uh, <laughs> to be compared to. No, I think she's she's incredible. She's you know the epitome of a hardworking woman who just isn't apologetic for anything that she does. You know, and I think that's what we need now. Uh, you know, in fact, being Women's History Month, I think it's, it's a really beautiful time to look at it and see how the trends of feminism and empowering one another have really changed and developed over the years. You know, it started with Billie Holiday and Sister Rosetta Thumb, and it's now, you know, we're, we're seeing it through the likes of Grace Jones and Lady Gaga and Pink, and I, I'm hoping to exemplify those same qualities. Right, Women's History Month. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, down the line, you know, in the last, especially in the last century, it's just, you can just read them off a... Of- Read them off a book, you know. We got Oprah, I mean, the list goes on, you know, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, God rest her soul, you know. I mean, you got legends that are just that pioneered kind of the inter- entertainment industry overall. I'm hoping that I can leave a legacy as powerful. Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about this uh, book you have. It's called It's My Life, My Songs, My, my Healing. My Healing, <laughs> My Healing. Life stories, right? Yep. So it's it's a it's a book that I decided to write back in November. Actually, I'm one of those people that when I decide that I want to do something, I'm just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it." You know. <laughs> um. So I I decided to write a book. My friend snapped me back in from New Zealand and said, "Hey, you know, Emma, most people have not lived 
nearly a life as full as yours. And I, I replied back to him saying, ha, 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 you know, it's almost like every song was a snapshot of my life. Mm-hmm. Or a chapter of my life. And he's like, that's a great book. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I, I wrote the book in 21 days. Um, it is a, a book that just highlights the songs that I've written, but also the, the lessons I've learned as a result of writing this book. You know, the thing about music, it's powerful. We all have those songs we listened to in high school that, you know, dug us out of the grave when we were feeling depressed or overwhelmed or brokenhearted. And I chose to do not just listen to the likes of Metallica and Corn and Evanescence. I chose to also write my own music. And so, you know, it's 26 chapters of, of my songs talking about how each song served me, saved me, and ultimately made me a happier person. I'm now working my second book, and I'm also in the middle of working on my film, uh, which is based on the on the Writer Song a Day challenge that I did last year, last month. Sorry. Yeah. So it says turning life stories into songs. See, that's see, that's just genius. That's just genius. How's how's marketing going through uh, the pandemic? Weird. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we're we're rolling with the punches. We're smiling through the chaos. When was the release date? Oh, the book? Yeah. Uh, In December. Yeah. So how, how to do is doing okay. Just okay. (laughs) We're getting some good reviews from it. Um, you know, I think think it's important to recognize and realize that things like books and albums and and music videos, that's not the thing that that makes money, right? Right. It's the things. I mean, you make a good point. Right? So, you know, in the face of COVID, I've now transitioned, well, expanded my business to coach young people, to teach, you know, to teach young people how to channel their stories and traumas through songwriting. So the book is literally just a lead on for that. Yeah. Talk about being a transformational youth coach. How has that been? And what's that about? Like overall, your experience? fun stories coming over from New Zealand to the States? Anything, any fun stories or good stories? I don't know. I think possibly the funniest has been around, like, again, learning the culture. You know, being a black American person in, in America is super fun. As I, you know, as I learn more about how black culture is and how I can choose to fit into it or choose not to. And it's, I, I think the biggest, like, my biggest sort of what the truck kind of moment <laughs> just around like how differently it's gonna sound weird how differently black men treat me in america compared to every kiwi guy i've ever dated really you know? seriously like here doors get opened uh you have to fight for the bill like it's whereas in new zealand it's like you don't you're beyond damn door <laughs> well yeah Singing or writing or 
doing something for my business, uh, I'm working out or I'm hanging out with my partner and uh, or my housemate or my cat. Cat? I want a cat. What kind of cat should I get, Emma? She's a calico. She's, oh, you should just get one that loves you. Cats are just the best. And, and she's, you know, she was my quarantine cat that I'm just never going to get rid of. And, uh, you know, cheers me up when I'm feeling down. So, that's good. What kind of uh, music do you got coming up? Are you going to release some new stuff? You know I am. So uh, coming up, I have a new song uh, coming out in April called Songbird. It is a song that I wrote for my partner. Um, and after that, I, about the same time, not long after that, I will be releasing the film, uh, my new film called, excuse me, Born in Crisis, uh, where I turned my Write a Song a Day challenge into a film and an album and will be, you know, translating onto screen the powerful relationship between our mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and emotional health. Nice. Very impressive. I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out. Thank you. All right. So where can people find you? I'm Emma G Music on everything or Emma G Music well, Emma G, I appreciate you coming on uh, the Sensibly Cynical podcast. I'm glad that we could connect. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's so good to finally meet you, and I, I really appreciate the support and love. All right, have a good one. You too, love. All right, bye. All right, once again, I would like to thank Emma G for coming on the podcast today. Make sure you check out my boy Seth on Instagram, at SethCGC. There you'll find his link tree with links to his Amazon, Etsy, Teespring, and Redbubble. That's it for this episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. Please check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly, Instagram Sensibly Cynical Pod, and you can check out our Facebook group. Also, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, I would be highly, highly appreciative. Please. Stay safe, mask up, and take care.